we want to explore Jesus's relationship with the Father and um, understand that that relationship with the Father that Jesus enjoyed is the same relationship that we can enjoy with the Father. And we're going to take one of the, the most challenging moments of Jesus' life to explore that. So that's Mark uh, chapter 14 and verse 32. They went to a place called Gethsemane and Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James and John along with him and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. Stay here and keep watch. Going a little farther, he fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour, this moment he's coming up to, the cross, might pass him by. And then he says, Abba. Abba is that uh, intimate word. It means daddy. Father, daddy, father, dad, he said. Everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. The cup is the cup of the cross. It's, the, 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 it's a symbol of he's going to the cross. In this moment, this cup, this crucifixion, this moment where I'm going to take the sins of the world on me, if this moment where I become the Lamb of God, if this moment, could you take it from me? And then he says, yet not what I will, but what you will. So in, in the garden, we see Jesus and we see what a trusting, authentic, obedient, surrendered relationship with the Father looks like when a person is under extreme pressure, sorrow, distress and pain. You know that Jesus is the eternal son of God, you know, that he has no beginning. He's uncreated. Jesus is God. And Jesus becomes fully human. Now, one of the first heresies that the early church experienced was people saying that, yes, Jesus was God, but he wasn't fully human. And I know you understand that. And I'm trying to get my head around it. I'm thinking I don't really have the words fully to understand and communicate what that means, but that Jesus experienced something in the garden in his humanity and he models for us and illustrates for us and invites us into the, the, into a relationship with the father that a human being can have with the father that Jesus is fully God but he's actually fully human and to understand what's going on in the garden we have to think this is like this is not like, this is literally somebody who knows what crucifixion looks like. You know, this is somebody who's seen crucifixions before. Someone who's been to Jerusalem before, who's seen people nailed and put on a cross. He's seen people suffer. He's seen people die. He understands what kind of death is coming to him. And also he understands that he, he says in earlier parts of the Bible, it was to this hour that I've come, that Jesus understood that he came to die in our place. He, be, he came to become sin for us, to represent us. He came to take the wrath of God for us. 
And we have to understand that Jesus had never, ever experienced um, the experience of sin that separates people from intimacy with God. That Jesus had never experienced what it feels like to fall short of the glory of God. That he was tempted in any every way, just as we are in thought, in word, in deed. But he'd always resisted temptation and never, ever fallen into sin. And he knows that this cup is both a cup of experiencing um, physical death, of being the Lamb of God who dies in our place. And he also knows that in becoming sin, he's going to experience, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Something is coming to Jesus that he's never experienced in all of his eternal being and in all of his experience as humanity. And I want us to see in these verses that in his humanity, Jesus does not hide his grief. That Jesus doesn't hide his sense of impending loss. That Jesus in, in prayer and in relationship with close friends is incredibly real, honest and authentic. That we see in Gethsemane that this person Jesus the God man is completely honest in his humanity about what he's about to experience and he brings that to the father and he brings that to his close friends he doesn't hide it so in in Gethsemane he doesn't kind of dress up to his friends um, some kind of unreal religious motivational speech about what's going to happen he doesn't say hey guys hey peter hey james hey john hey guys nothing to worry about here you know i'm headed for a tough time we're headed for a tough time i'm gonna die but hey it's all good it's all good god is good the lord is my shepherd I'm not going to be in want. It's all going to be fine. And don't worry, two days later, three days later, I'm going to be resurrected. There's no kind of um, dress it up, make it beautiful, make it smart, uh, make it sound like it's easy. He says this, I feel like I'm going to die. This is... God, man, this is Jesus in his absolute humanity, looking ahead to what he's going to suffer. He says, you know what? I am so sorrowful about what's going to happen. I feel it to such a degree and such a weight. I feel that in my physical being, I'm going to die. He says that. He says, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. We see Jesus again and again and again in his humanity when he's going to raise Lazarus from the dead. He doesn't say, hey, it's fine. Lazarus is going to come out. It's, it's going to be a party. He, he just says, Jesus wept. Um, when Jesus is going to Jerusalem and he sees that people are not embracing him, he wails and weeps over Jerusalem. He doesn't just say callously, oh, well, it's their choice. If they don't want me, that's fine. He doesn't dress things up as pretty. Jesus is very in touch with his grief mm -hmm. and with his loss. On the cross, 
like I've said before, he doesn't say um, on the cross, he doesn't say the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, he leads me through the valley. He, he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? We see in the relationship of Jesus with his father and with people, a incredible degree of authenticity, honesty and vulnerability. We see in Jesus somebody who, who goes to pray. He says, I'm going to go and pray. Watch, stay here and watch. And then he goes a little further, it says in Mark 14, 35, and he fell to the ground and prayed. He doesn't run from his pain. He doesn't dress it up as just, you know, we do this, don't we? People say, oh, how are you doing? And we say to our close friends, I'm fine. And we might say to our close friends, oh, God is good. And it's true, God is good. But Jesus doesn't dress up his pain in, in any kind of unauthentic language. He, he goes and runs to the Father. He brings it to the Father. Everything he's feeling, he brings it to the Father in absolute honesty, authenticity, and vulnerability. He doesn't run from things, he runs to the Father. And he's not scared to go to the Father and show to the Father, you know what, if I could get out of this, I would. Nor does Jesus do that. what we sometimes do, which is numb our pain. You know, we're feeling grief, we're feeling pain, and we, we might run away from facing it, or we might run to something else. Um, we might run to social media. We might numb through something else. Sometimes we numb through busyness. In this season, we haven't been able to numb our grief and our loss through busyness. Often that's what we do. We're never in touch with really how we feel and whether we're struggling or suffering or, or disappointed or hurt because we're just so busy to ever face the fact, you know what, I'm frightened, I'm scared, I'm anxious, I'm overwhelmed and troubled. Jesus is so in touch with what he feels in facing the cross. In his humanity, he is wonderfully honest. He doesn't numb his pain. He doesn't run from his pain. He doesn't try and fix it either. He doesn't think, right, I know what, I'm going to find another way that's going to avoid the cross and I'm going to bring it and present it to the Father. He doesn't try and fix things on his own. He just says, Daddy, Papa, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. And he expresses it. He doesn't run, numb or fix. He expresses it. And I just want to think, is our relationship with the Father, with Papa, with Abba, with God, that kind of honest relationship where it's there are times we pour it all out because the holy spirit causes us to say abba father do we have that kind of relationship do you have that kind of relationship with the father where you just pour everything out you're not dressing it up and making it pretty you're not trying to impress god with how capable you are you're just saying i'm overwhelmed and i don't know what to do so jesus comes to the father and he expresses you know what father i've got a will as a human being i'm, I'm the god man and I'm, a, I'm fully man i'm fully god and i've got a will and my will would be right now father is there another way i don't want to face this i don't want to go there 
he, he's, he's got these images in his head of he's seen people crucified. He's seen the horrid, awful brutality of the cross. He's seen the mockery, the humiliation and the shame of the cross. He knows he's going to become the propitiation, the one who's going to take the sins of the world on him and feel it as a cloak and a weight all over him. He knows he's going somewhere where he's not going to be able to enjoy the Father's presence, where there's going to come this moment, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And he says, Father, I've got a will. Is there another way? If it's possible for this moment to pass me by, everything's possible with you, let it pass me by. If anyone can find another way, Papa, Father, you can. <laughs> if anybody's got another solution up their sleeve, you've got it. And that's the first point, that deep relationship with the Father requires us to be open, real, vulnerable and authentic. It requires us to have no religiosity, no religiousness at all in our relationship with him. To sometimes have these moments when we're, we're, we're facing things or we're gonna, we have to stick at things we don't want to stick at or go into things we don't want to go into. To have this overwhelming authentic relationship like when God says forgive as I have forgiven you there has to come that moment where you pour out and say look what they did I don't want to do it is there another way father I don't want to have to forgive or I don't want to have to stick at this it's so hard it's so difficult and it's killing me deep relationship requires authenticity and honesty but then it doesn't stop there because if it stopped there, you and I are in trouble. There's no cross that would mean there's no covenant, there's no forgiveness. Then Jesus says, yet not what I will, but what you will. Mm. This is a, a fully 100% human being. He's the God man. And in this moment, he's wrestling with anxiety and pain and fear and shame and the future. And then he comes to this place. But this is settled for me, not what I will, but what you will, Father. There's another step. Jesus doesn't just stop at expressing his grief and his pain. He goes another step where he says, you know what? I'm dying to what I want. I'm dying to what I would do in this situation. And I'm handing it all over to you. See, the birthright for the believer is freedom. It's the birthright for the Christian. It's the birthright for every single person on this planet is absolute, radical, beautiful freedom. But freedom is only possible, only possible through radical surrender. You can't be free while you've got a death grip on something else. Because if you want something else more than the will of God, that thing is your master, your slave driver and your boss. It will tell you what to do. It will tell you what to give. It will set your priorities. It will tell you when you can say yes to the father and when you have to say no. When you have anything else in the driving seat apart from God, we're in trouble. Because there'll come a point when we won't be able to say, your will be done, not mine. 
So Jesus models and demonstrates this radical authenticity and radical trusting obedience to God, even if radical trusting obedience leads to shame, pain, grief, hardship, difficulty and suffering. Even when it embraces that, Jesus models as the God man that for a human being to be free, there must be surrender, there must be yielding and there has to be this detachment from ultimately wanting self-will as the thing that drives us. That Jesus demonstrates that to be really free and obedient and to finish the work that each of us have been called to do on earth requires us to uh, let go and trust God. And let me say that is a work that's going to take all of our lives. You know, <laughs> I don't think there's a for you and me. I don't think there's going to come a moment where we just have this death to self experience and we never ever have a will or we're completely detached and we're completely surrendered. I think honestly, it's a day by day, authentic living relationship with God and lots of mini deaths to things as we go along, whether it's the mini death to say, you know what, I'm going to choose to forgive and not be bitter or the mini death where I'm going to choose to trust you with my finances and be generous or the mini death where we say, I'm not going to run away. I'm going to run to God the mini deaths. There is no freedom without a daily decision. Teach me how to detach from my own will in little things. There's a lady called Jody Erickson who, who said that dying to self is a lonely place. That Jesus said that actually unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies it remains alone. And so Jesus invites us into this deep relationship of authenticity, honesty, but a, a letting go of things. Jesus says, yeah, not what I will, but what you will, my father. If this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. He, he goes on a journey where we have to understand it Some. Theologians have said, oh, he didn't really completely struggle and wrestle in the garden because he was God and fully God. And of course, he was always going to say, I'm going to the cross. I honestly think we have to understand the garden in a it was an honest place where he is deeply tempted in all genuineness not to go to the cross. We have to understand the pain of Gethsemane was not just Jesus showing me, oh, of course, I'm going to the cross. I'm just going to model for you vulnerability in that moment where he says all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me. That's a genuine moment of a human being stricken and troubled and asking for another way, mm. because otherwise we <laughs> he's not fully man. And then he says, he comes through that darkness, that sorrow and says, you know what? I'm strengthened. He has an encounter, there's an angelic encounter. Other, other translations says he was strengthened by angels. And he then says, I'm not going anywhere apart from the cross. It is settled. I think, dear friends, we have to have that kind of relationship where we pour it all out 
so that on the other side of pouring it all out, we can say, it is settled. I'm gonna embrace the process of growing in maturity. I'm gonna embrace this mini, mini death that I might come through the other side in obedience to you, Father.